Greetings, Stay Frosty Park Runners. First and foremost this month, an apology. I was intending to record this pod at the end of July, and it's now mid-August. I was all ready to record, and then I got a stinking cold, and I didn't want to record whilst I couldn't breathe through my nose. After that, I just got into a, a bit of a funk about it. Very much like running when you miss a few of your regularly scheduled sessions, the effort of putting on your running kit and hauling yourself out of bed half an hour earlier than you need to in order to run and get to work on time can seem like an impossible mountain to climb. I enjoy recording these pods and editing them, but as soon as, as, it, as, soon as it became something that I had to do, it turned into a chore, so I kept putting it off. Silly, I know, but it's the psychology of the whole thing, I guess. But I'm here now to catch you all up on our July running exploits, and this month to talk about Jeffing. So, starting over, greetings Stay Frosty Park Runners, and welcome to the July 2019 edition of the Stay Frosty Park Run podcast. I'm Emu, and I'm going to be your host for the next 20 minutes or so to talk about our runs, reveal my star park runner of the month, and my featured park run as well. Since I joined the Lonely Goat Running Club, for which most of my existence has been on Strava, but the much more vocal community has definitely been on Facebook, I've noticed the term Jeffing cropping up more and more often. It wasn't a phrase that I was familiar with, so I did a little research. The term Jeffing, when talking about a running technique, involves a specified mix of running and walking in short bursts to achieve a certain time over a set distance. It's nicknamed Jeffing after the man who developed the technique, Jeff Galloway. He started to develop the technique in 1973 after a training session with a group of beginner runners. He knew that to get them to complete laps of the track, they would need to take regular walk breaks during their runs. Subsequently, he played with the ratios of how much running and walking you should do over what distances to achieve what times. For example, if you are aiming to achieve a 5 minute kilometre, then you should be looking at 4 minutes of running followed by 30 seconds of walking, repeated until the end of your run. If you wanted to achieve a 7 minute kilometre, then you should be looking at about 60 seconds of running followed by 30 seconds of walking, repeated to the end of your run. This is the running technique known as Jeffing. And I'll put a website on the Facebook page so that you can have a look for yourself as well. Although originally aimed at beginners, the technique is now used by a variety of runners, including the veteran marathoners aiming to improve their times. Rather than running until you get tired and then walking, the walk breaks built into your run when jeffing allow your body time to recover and cool a little without the loss of endorphins that you get from the exercise. It's worth noting that it's not about running, slamming on the brakes and walking like you're dying for 30 seconds. It's about a continuous flow of movement. So when you reach the end of a running segment, you slow gently down to a walking pace over a few steps, but continue to walk purposefully. Not speed walking, but not too leisurely either. Until the end of your walk segment, when you speed up over a few steps again and resume your running. To work out your ideal Jeffing ratio, there's a useful calculator on Jeff's website, where he further explains how to run your magic mile or time trial mile from which you can then use his calculator to work out your Jeffing ratio. It does make for a very interesting read and it's certainly something that I'll consider trying for distances approaching half marathon. Even if it's not something you want to do in the race events it can be useful as a training tool as it can be thought of as interval training with the slowest portion being walking pace instead of a steady jog. 
This will also have overall less impact on your joints, which is, which is especially good for older runners or those prone to, more prone to injury. So what's the catch? Why doesn't everyone employ this marvellous technique? Well, first and foremost, there is, in my mind, and I suspect in many others too, a certain amount of stigma attached with the idea of walking during a run. How much walking needs to be involved before it's no longer considered a run? And walking during a run has a tendency to make me feel a bit despondent, as if I wasn't fit enough to complete the whole thing, even if it's running at a much slower pace that's almost the same as walking anyway. I'm sure there might be some runners who look down their nose at the technique as well, declaring that those who use it are not proper runners. I would reject this idea, though, simply because I have yet to enter any race or event where the instructions have stated absolutely no walking during this race. Additionally, any technique which can open doors for people who would not otherwise be doing any exercise cannot possibly be a bad thing. Whether people use the technique as a stepping stone to get to the point where they can run constantly, or if they use it to extend the distances they can run, or if they simply want to use it to complete one lap of a running track, that is potentially a whole segment of society who might not otherwise be exercising at all. The only other negatives are that you need to constantly reassess your magic mile, every two weeks or so, in order to fine-tune your ratios, and it seems like the technique can only take you so far. I noticed that on Jeff's suggested ratio strategies there were no ratios for times quicker than 7 minute miles. Given that with a 7 minute mile you'd be looking at about 6 minutes of running and 30 seconds of walking repeated, you could adapt this further, running for 7 minutes and then walking for 30 seconds, and eventually you would get to the point where you are running constantly, or more or less constantly. Or it could simply be that this pace, the technique is not as effective for quicker runs as it is for slower paces over longer distances. Whatever the reason, as with all different running techniques, this one does have a few limitations. I have to say I also like the quick notation used for this technique as well. If you were running a 30-30, that's 30 colon 30, this would indicate uh, 30 seconds of running followed by 30 seconds of walking repeated. The running is always put before the walking segment, so a 5-30 would be 5 minutes of walking and 30 seconds of running. You could also use the three number notation, for example 30-30-30, which is 30 seconds of running followed by 30 seconds of walking repeated over a period of 30 minutes. I think this technique would be great for beginners trying to get into running who have never run before who have not, or who have not run for many years and want to start very slowly. As I mentioned, it's also good for those who are more prone to injury. I have, without working out the exact ratios, tried the technique with my sister when we were on a slightly longer run, more than 10 kilometers, and it does give your body that time to recover in the walking segments but I think we needed to be a little more strict in our timings in order to enjoy the full benefits of jeffing. I'll probably will give it another go when I'm looking to extend the distances I run, as I imagine it's a good way of easing yourself into running longer than you ever have before. Do you have a strong opinion about jeffing, for or against? You can let me know your thoughts by email, stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com, or on the Stay Frosty Facebook page. But for now, moving on, this month, my star park runner is... Mark Sharp. 
Mark ran at Melton Mowbray Park Run on the 13th of July and got a new PB of 23 minutes and 32 seconds, 17 seconds quicker than his previous PB at Melton Mowbray at the end of March. Mark has done 57 park runs in total and his age graded percentage for his latest PB is 58.43%. Congratulations Mark on your new PB and on attaining your 50 t-shirt. If you know someone who deserves a mention as a star park runner, you can get in touch via the email stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or on the Stay Frosty Facebook page. This month's featured park run takes us to York Park Run, located at York Racecourse. It's within walking distance of York, which can be accessed by train or bus. You can then catch a bus from York Station, First Group Service 4, which will drop you opposite Cross Keys Pub, close to Cherry Lane, from which you can then walk very easily to the racecourse. The course consists of one and a half laps of the road running inside the racetrack. It's tarmacked all the way around and one of the flattest courses in the UK. You can leave your bags at the finish then cut across the field to the start on the opposite side of the race course. It is quite a busy one but once people start to spread out it's definitely one where you could achieve a new 5k PB. There are no toilets at this event, however when we were there the public loos were open for a car boot sale which was on the same day. However these were a good 10 minute jog away so allow some time but don't always rely on these being open either. After the event, people can grab a coffee together at the Café to You van and for breakfast at the Knavesmire pub on Albemarle Road. Everybody's welcome to that one. Volunteer numbers are generally around the 30 mark, but will be higher when there are also pacers. Runner numbers have been between about 500 and 600 of late, with an all-time high of 707 parkrunners showing up on the 15th of April in 2017. So far there have been 343 runs at York Parkrun, which is impressive when you consider that they were they are quite often cancelled more than other parkruns due to horse racing events and other events happening at the racecourse. The start date for this parkrun was the 14th, sorry, not 15th, was the 14th of January in 2012. This is a friendly and fast run, which Jay and I enjoyed very much despite both having colds at the time. But more about that in the August pod. And finally, for this month, it's on to our park runs. Bumper edition, as it's taken me a while to get it together enough to actually record this pod, so once again apologies for that. Following on from our run at South Norwood on the 15th of June 2019, we ran the next week to obtain our letter W and headed over to Wanstead Flats Park Run in North East London. The course is a nice one which winds around a field and through the woods in two laps starting and finishing near the car park and clubhouse. It was a warm and sunny, slightly humid day when we went but that didn't put off the 433 runners, ourselves included. Jay completed his run in an amazing 26 minutes and 54 seconds. He was very happy with that, especially given the heat. I managed to slog my way around in 25 minutes and 37 seconds, which I was equally pleased with, as it was one of those runs where I felt pretty good and in control the whole way around. It's not maybe my new favourite run, although the course was beautiful, but a very enjoyable one nonetheless. I'd like to go back and take my sister as it's actually not far from her home and I think she'd really enjoy it. A week after that we again returned to South Norwood for their first ever pacer week. Jay volunteered as the 29 minute pacer 
and I left it too late to volunteer for a pace time that I could actually achieve, so I didn't volunteer that week. Diligent as always, Jay ran at South Norwood Park the Sunday prior to his pacing duties to make sure he knew where to be when around the course in order to pace exactly 29 minutes. I didn't follow a pacer on the day, and it may be lucky that I didn't, as very few actually hit their target times. So I'd like to give extra kudos to Jay, who finished in exactly 29 minutes, and Laura, who was pacing 32 minutes and finished in exactly 32 minutes as well. Nothing else, it proves that pacing is much more difficult than it looks. I finished on that day in 26 minutes and 52 seconds, which I was quite happy with, another controlled run in warm weather. On the 6th of July, it was my turn to pick a park run, and after a busy week I decided fairly last minute that we would do Crystal Palace Park Run. It's one that I've been meaning to do for a while, as it's not far from where we live, we walked there, and I'm enjoying challenging myself more on hills lately. Jay was not so pleased by the prospect of hills, but perked up when we arrived, as they had changed the course to the lower version due to another event going on in the, par in the park on the same day. That's not to say it was without hills, the start is at the bottom of a dusty gravel path and you have to repeat this hill two more times before finishing. There are other undulations but it was, this was the most significant one, more so because if you stepped in the deeper gravel you barely moved at all. Yes, another warm day, not that I'm complaining, saw Jay finish in 27 minutes and 50 seconds which he was happy with and myself in 26 minutes and 14 seconds with a little push at the end to round off my run with a bit of gusto. There were 430 runners and it was event number 444, which was a nice ring to it. Jay was 227th overall and the 186th male finisher out of 269. I was 169th overall and the 22nd female finisher out of 159 ladies. I was also very happy to be third in my age category out of 21. Maybe there are some advantages to being a veteran woman after all. July the 13th we were back at South Norwood to help them celebrate their second birthday with plenty of cake, chocolate and treats, despite the warm weather making most of them a bit sticky. It was my first time trying the new course at South Norwood, which now means that the start and finish are actually in the same location, so you don't have to drop your belongings at the finish before returning to the start of the park run. Hopefully this will make it more appealing to park run tourists as well as local runners. For the second birthday celebrations there were 191 runners, including the tailwalker, and they all turned up to enjoy the summer sun. Jay and I were trying our best to take it a little easy with the knowledge that our Adidas Shoreditch 10k was on the very next day. Jay got round the new course in 28 minutes and 23 seconds on his 66th park run event, and I managed to finish in 27 minutes and 7 seconds. Both of us had plenty of time for cake and nibbles before heading off for our regular breakfast. Not the healthiest day, but certainly a fun one. The third weekend in July I had the pleasure of being able to do a 5km run with my husband and my parents along the old train track which has been converted into a bicycle track and has markers for each kilometre as you go along. We all ran to the 2.5k mark, turned back and ran, ran back to the start. It might not be a park run, but I always enjoy running with my family. Mum managed a great time in a new PB of 31 minutes and 14 seconds. Dad finished in 27 minutes and 50 seconds. Jay in 27 minutes and 15 seconds. 
and myself 25 minutes and 10 seconds, which I was very happy with, especially because it gave me the top spot on the 5km segment, which Jay had set up on a previous occasion so that our whole family could compete with each other. I suspect Nikki might beat it next time she's in France, but for now I hold the first place spot with pride. And finally, the last weekend in July saw us brave the rather heavy rain to gain our letter A at Ali Pali Park Run. It was a bit of a slip and slide in places, but good fun, and not too cold until we stopped running. I must have been fighting a bug by that point, because after I got home and showered I couldn't stop sneezing. The cold which really knocked me off my half-marathon training plan for the whole week. Annoying, but not the end of the world. I haven't missed one until that week, and I feel like it's going well so far. But anyway, back to Ali Pali. We slogged our way around the two-lap course, and Jay finished in 30 minutes and 7 seconds, just outside the 30-minute mark, and I completed it in 28 minutes and 20 seconds. I think we both need to do a little more hill training before we attempt that one again, but it was really good fun. A definite trail run, and I'd also like to give a shout-out to... Gillian, who came along despite the adverse weather conditions to do her first ever park run. Well done Gillian, if you can run in weather like that you can run in almost any condition at all. And that about wraps things up for another month. As I've alluded to, the following weekend we actually snuck off to York for a mini break and to gain our letter Y for our park run alphabet. We might be a little obsessed, but at least it's a healthy obsession. Once again, thank you all very much for listening and sorry about the delay. If you have any comments or queries, please feel free to email me at stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or leave a message on the Stay Frosty Facebook page. Now, as all remains for me to say is stay frosty parkrunners and I'll see you all again, I'm going to say in a couple of weeks hopefully because I want to try and get the next one out by the end of the month, but I'll see you all again next month. Yeah.